0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Get Jory Into Movies. I am Jory. I'm Lucas. And I'm Jacob. And this week's movie explores the clash of secular and religious cultures and the way those in power in religious institutions exploit their parishioners for their own gain. Jacob, what did you think of Sister Act 2? Back in the habit. I think I would have liked it if the movie that you just described happened.
1: (laughs) It did happen. (laughs) No, it didn't. (laughs) Yeah. It's very nuanced. I, th- I think I hate this movie, because I-, I guess I just don't know what this movie is. Uh, and not because I didn't watch the first one, it's just from the opening scene, it's just completely baffling to me. Hmm? That?
2: <laughs> that musical number is amazing. You, it's a medley of all these great songs, and That's I think it's a great hook, True, it's a thing. It's, it's also a-, a medley, sorry, of all the songs they sing in the first movie. Meaning you don't have to go and watch the first movie because you've heard the best parts. It sums it up. It's like an episode of TV where they sum everything up from the last episode.
1: Okay, so the opening number, uh, the opening sequence of the movie is... uh, Whoopi Goldberg is is back in her life of a uh, a Vegas uh, headliner. And she's doing her show. It's the last night, I think. And as she's doing her show, which as you say is the medley, the, the sisters from the previous movie sort of come into the audience... Because they're going to get her to help them. That's the plot of the movie. Yeah, and this is all of the opening credits, mm-hmm. right? About towards the end of this musical number, Will Be character is lifted up by <laughs> these wires. See, and what, what, oh, you know where I'm going with why this? Because you you're to going straight Infinity. to the
0: negative.
1: <laughs> because <laughs> within the first three minutes of the movie, she starts swinging around <laughs> because the people who are controlling the wires are bad at their job and she's swinging around and she's going, whoa, what are you doing? And they're making like, you know, they're throwing their hands up and you basically see like question marks in their eyes almost, you yeah. know? it's like Is this supposed to be a funny scene? It's supposed to be a funny scene. I guess the question from the opening three minutes of the movie, I don't know what I'm supposed to be feeling
0: there's, already. There's really, there is zero point to her. Firstly, even being lifted up into the air. And there's no point to... The comedy of her losing control and swinging around the stage because it doesn't it just goes absolutely
2: no way well no no well but, i think it it, know. Kind of, it 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 sort of establishes her as being like this kind of like uh clu- not clumsy but you know like just kind of goofy character you know and that it's a good hook it like it makes me want to see what's going to happen next and i think it does yeah yeah it's a movie that
0: has musical scenes interspersed throughout, right? So yeah. if you're going to make that kind of movie, then you probably have to start the movie with... No, no, novels. I'm
1: not, I'm not you complaining... You can't have
0: 45 minutes of drama or dialogue and then just drop a song.
1: I'm not complaining it. about the musical aspect of the opening scene. I hope that you don't think my complaint was about that they open with a song. My complaint <laughs> was they have a song and in the middle of the song... They're doing a couple things. They're doing the medley. They're introducing the musical aspect of it, they're introducing will be character. They're reintroducing the nuns from the previous movie and a weird comedy element. All three of which I do not think make good bedfellows. Wow. Well, and I mean, that's the whole movie. But what better way to
2: start a movie than like a great, a grand musical number? And like you mentioned, like how there's um, they introduce like the the nuns being there, and you know you can tell that they want to recruit her back into whatever scheme that they have. I think a lot of it. I mean, that musical number is like what ten? Not even ten minutes. Like five minutes, and like it. It just sort of introduces. Like it just brings us into the story like immediately, um, without wasting any time too. Because like it all happens within a musical number. And I think that, that you know, yeah. And like I, I can agree with you that the the humor in the film doesn't totally work. Like there's a lot of scenes where I was just like, huh? Like well, it's a comedy and yeah. it's not funny. I agree that the
0: slapstick stuff isn't funny like there's the scene when they glue her to a chair that's the one
1: time I laughed (sighs) in the movie no
2: see that's, that's what I thought that was funny and then like there's a part where not to jump ahead but like the nun has like that like baton and she's just like, okay, we're going to do it.
1: And then just like hits herself in the head. And I thought that was so funny. but well, That was horrible. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The reason why I laughed at the scene where they glue her to the chair is because I was so baffled by what happened before. Where they're going to they're gonna prank Whoopi Goldberg because she's being a hard ass on them. Yeah. She says, sit up straight. Don't wear your sunglasses. All this stuff. So I'm going to get her. So they put glue on her chair. And there was at least a good three minute preamble before she sits down. And yeah, to make a long story up. short, they she does sit down. And she realizes, oh, I'm stuck to the chair. And as she tries to leave, all the kids in unison start shouting, Fusion! <laughs> 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 they all go, Fusion! Fusion! And I was just laughing because it was the most baffling thing I've ever seen in my <laughs> entire life. It's like, what does that mean?
0: It's 90s slang. I was talking the scene after that where she's then... Like has to crawl Her way through the Oh yeah that hallway. was great That was great yeah And she gets tired And then rolls back Down the ramp Like that That's stupid Her swinging through The rafters on the wire Is stupid
1: This is most but, The movie
0: No it's not It's two scenes And maybe like The third At the very end When well, the, like the
1: The three stooges p- uh, Fathers Who are like Whoa yeah. we gotta go no, you That's know, funny Yeah the so priest
0: much. Who's like driving On the wrong side Of the road yeah. And all that Maybe that's like You know they're, like, moments of exaggerated comedy that aren't actually funny.
1: I guess my problem is, is that I don't know what the tone of the movie is, which is the long-winded way that I've been trying to say this. I don't know what the tone is. Uh, tone is how a movie feels, and I do not know how this movie feels to me. It's fun. It's, it's feels good. Yeah. And everything,
0: Lee, everything happens to move on to the next point, yeah. I think. And they, you know, they cross, and maybe there's, like, three whole subplots that you don't actually need but none of them just end without resolution everything is tied up nice and neat at the end of
1: it no i agree, agree but i think that uh to your saying of it all moves along to like every point leads to the end yeah that's correct but if every single node or scene or whatever you want to call it like sequence story beat piece of dialogue right transitions if it's just doesn't work for me. I don't understand how
0: this fairly well, brainless movie is so confusing. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm thinking, like,
2: like, <laughs> other than the fact that maybe you're overthinking it. Um, oh, I'm definitely overthinking yeah, it. But like, <laughs> The movie is so straightforward, I think. I think a lot of things you just suspend disbelief, you know. And, and don't tell me that you shouldn't suspend disbelief in a movie.
1: We should always suspend disbelief but as yeah. I said as long as I'm willing to suspend my disbelief and I, I show up to a movie right mm-hmm. you mentioned two episodes ago you want to live in the logic of whatever m- the movie is presenting to you mm-hmm. I 100% agree but when you start a movie it says here are the rules the rules have to stay the same for the whole movie because everything that happens is built off of that first like but I think the so movie. what changes? Yeah, what I think the movie
2: well establishes itself as having these certain rules, and I think it follows it pretty closely, like pretty religiously. I think. Hey. Because yeah. you know, when you watch the movie, you don't you from the very beginning when they when you find out that the school might close, you know the school's not going to close.
1: Oh yeah, obviously. Yeah. And there's yeah, you no, know, I don't the think school. there's any danger of it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you really get really into it, then you do. You're just oh shit, they're going to close. But like. You know, like, you, you know it's like sometimes you watch like, an episode of a cartoon and you know everything can be fine no matter how yeah. difficult things are. And I think it's just like kind of like such a- it's just like a film from that era where like, you know, everything will be fine in the end but just like go on for the ride and have fun. And there's musical numbers and I think
1: that's, that's really what it is. That's the tone. That's, the tone is have a little bit of fun. I'm not arguing against that because I understand that the movie isn't going to actually end with the school closing and the kids are thrown out on the streets. And they all fail miserably. I, I'm not trying to say that I, or that I even wish that was what happened. However, and to your point, there's nothing wrong with saying... School's going to close. We know it's not. So let's have some fun along the way with these scenes. However, I think the scenes that we saw were incompetent.
0: Incompetent?
1: Yeah, okay, so this is a scene where she... Like, just things that baffle me, like, completely. Where she's, she's doing roll call, right... And she starts with W, and then goes to S, and then back up, it's like, what alphabet are you reading? I...
0: Well, she does it to introduce the characters in order of their importance in the movie. I understand. She's not gonna start with the person who's sitting in the back who doesn't actually have a line just because their fictional name is Aaron Aronson. Like, of course she's gonna go to Sketch and
1: Rita and Right, so then why was cranking. the class that big? Because and,
0: that's a, it's a class. And was the only, <laughs>
1: is that their only class? Because later they, uh, Rita, right? She gets kicked out of music class because she won't. Well, she quits. She class, quits. Yeah. And then she just walks out of the school. That's it. Whoa. And then she goes home and sits and stares at her window for three scenes. <laughs> they just Whoa. let her leave? Is that <laughs> the only class she had? You get kicked of the music so you're expelled from the
0: school? Yes, I, I, I 100% agree with that. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to argue on that. But it's just not important. Everything happens because it needs to happen to make the movie good or fun. Okay, so what was fun about that scene then? Nothing in particular in that moment. But then, you know, readers now on the outside. We get to follow her, that she loves singing. She really wants to be a singer, but she's, you know, torn between that and what her parents or her mum wants for her. So it just sets up, it's like the very small amount of, Dramatic tension that this movie has, you know, Whoopi Goldberg has to win over the bad kids because it's just a little moment of dramatic tension. Like they just happen, they they throw it up and they knock it out, and then it's done, and then they move on to the next right.
1: one. No, I very much clearly agree with you that she is the dramatic core of the movie, the Rita character. Yeah. Um, where well, Whoopi Goldberg's gonna have to get through to her. And now, obviously, what I'm about to say, you can easily counter by telling me that obviously you can't just focus on one character throughout the whole movie, right? But in the beginning, I feel like they're clearly setting up the Shaka Zulu man. Yeah. As like, because he has to help him find his voice and then he's the star of the first choir concert.
0: Yeah. And And that goes almost nowhere.
1: They just forget about
0: him. No, he plays his role. His role is to, you know, find confidence in himself and in the choir. I thought that was his advancement is, you know, an analogy for the advancement of the choir as a whole. But that's Rita's arc They can both have the same arc <laughs> well, Why I watching the same thing twice? You added 20 minutes to this movie when yes, they have different voices And it allows them to sing Different banging songs We get Oh Happy Day And we get Joyful Joyful And I for one am fine
1: with that You think that they needed to have his arc For him to sing that song He couldn't just sing the song No because he starts off He's all nervous oh, But and they wrote it that way
2: one. Well everything's wrong I understand um, well like I mean I think this is going to make me sound like I don't like the movie but I like I like the movie but like it seems like a lot of the, the the film is kind of like sort of built around these musical numbers I don't care that's fine they have really good music they're now. great That the one where they fundraise <laughs> that's a good one I the think... fundraiser one do you remember that one? yeah Yeah. Yeah. like Whoopi just like puts the oh
1: my god that was so good I I think you're mistaking my comments for the movie is me arguing against that it's a musical I don't like musicals that's my taste but I don't think I've once this episode said the movie sucks because it's a musical I think you're being harsh I think this movie
0: has you're definitely being harsh (laughs) this movie has all the plots it's like a teacher savior movie Like, you know, Dangerous Minds or The Principal or whatever, where someone comes into the rundown school and wins the kids over. It has kids following their dreams, you know, against the will of their harsh parents. That's a classic. It has, you know, people overcoming the sinister guy who's working behind the scenes to ruin something. These are like three movies rolled into one movie.
1: I don't think that you're going to win me over with this sort of buffet style. <laughs> I mean, in reverse order, if you don't mind. The sinister teacher thing ends abruptly and it doesn't really go anywhere. There's no real climax. They lock him in a closet and then he's foiled by a quick lie. The The thing with the, with the mother is there, there almost is no resolution because essentially the dad died by trying to pursue music and then she decides, oh, I'm going to... I'm gonna actually pursue my dreams. Sorry, mom. Mom just shows up and says, oh, you were wonderful. Like there's not really any sort of like actual turning point there. And then- It's all implied. The mom now accepts
0: Rita and is willing to uh, to support her dream. Like you don't have to then have another 30 minutes of scenes where Rita is out gigging
1: around town to show that she's now a successful musician. I'm not arguing for that. I'm just saying that I feel like everything that happens, the resolutions are incredibly quick and easy. But sometimes yeah. movies that have like that quick ending is just that's
2: part, like that's I like that a lot where it's just like I don't need this like coda, you know, I just want it to just end and I think that's like the film you're gonna like laugh, so don't don't condescend me or anything. but it <laughs> is like a pretty solidly written film where like it has like the hook. And then it, you know, it rises up. There's a climax where, like, everything that we sort of, that they've established, every, like, subplot, kind of just at the very end, it all gets resolved. And then a quick ending. And then, like, Eight No Mountain high, high Enough. And then, like, I mean, that's, that you can't get more solid than that, I think. Okay. So I'm, like, th- I'm not saying that, like, because I like art films, and the, the complicated films. But, you know, I could enjoy, like, a fun movie that's just that just hits... Like, it's all predictable and it hits all the... Like, the plot points at the right times
1: and then it's just... Boom. Done. The thing is, I like Ain't No Mountain High enough but I would prefer to listen to it on my phone quietly by myself and have, you know, Marvin Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell sing it. I don't need the end credits to roll and the cast of this movie sing it. I didn't because... I didn't find them talented enough to justify... The existence of this movie okay. like if that's the only point of the movie is that the songs are good. The songs, it's not like they wrote songs for this movie. The songs exist. Well they didn't write them but they
0: remixed It's them. a rendition of it yeah. Right You know especially Joyful Joyful where they mix in Janet Jackson okay. and Naughty by
1: Nature.
2: Like and, you know that's right. not in the original. No that's Kim, true, Jacob. That's, that's true. <laughs> so. and, and you can't name another movie that does this so Uh, that has to exist
1: well no I mean in the sense where it's like movies okay there's two movies that are almost remakes of this there's the school of rock Mm. except instead of R&B it's It's classic rock rock. it's rock and roll Mm. Uh, but essentially almost the exact same plot uh, with a couple tweaks uh, and same with, instead of a teacher, it's a student, but the acapella movie, the Anna Kendrick Pitch Perfect oh, yeah. movie, where you have remixes of popular songs, but done in a different genre. Right. So this, so this is a, a type of movie that does exist. Yeah. Um, but I think that when those movies have some sort of, like, flair about them that extends beyond the songs. Like, they're not just songs that are hung on a movie. It's a movie that happens to have songs in it, but this movie is just songs. It's you know when they're
0: in the music room and they're first learning how to sing together as a choir, Mm. right? And so she just pulls people out at random and connects them as a group. It's just nice. It's feel good. Is like I don't know how to explain it anymore than that. It's just meant to be enjoyable.
1: Right, well, I suppose, and this is not to paint you as someone who's a complete misanthrope, but I didn't think that would necessarily be your argument for anything. Well, you know, when I was eight,
0: which is when I first saw this movie, I didn't hate
1: people quite No, right, but you still think it holds up. Do you think it's just nostalgia? Clearly something else is grabbing you. It's
0: nostalgia, it's the songs that are still great, and I still listen to. Like, they're on YouTube, so you can just listen to the songs, you don't have to watch the whole movie. I like movie Goldberg. I like Lauren Hill. I'm down
2: for anything Lauren Hill wants to do. Well, one one more nitpick for me is that um so when, when the movie starts, they just want her to help these kids and then the problem of the school being shut down happens later. Right. That's that's a big one too, I think. And I think if they had established that the school was going to close um, like I think if they had established that stuff at the beginning, closer to the beginning, that would have been Oh, the is
1: coming in and saying, the school's closing, you need to help with Turned Around. And let's go
2: to the competition. Like, I think that would have made it a little bit more, um, yeah.
1: And you also probably shaved 20 minutes of this movie, <laughs> which I'm all for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I want to talk about that nun, the, who is the most annoying character in any movie I've ever seen in my life. There's the one that's always making weird noises. And there's the scene where she plays with this weird, like, wine dip toy. Is that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, what's up with that? She's... Who is that? <laughs>
0: She is the effervescent, optimistic, sunshine nun. Mm-hmm. And I guess is meant to be, at least in the first movie, she's the opposite of Mary Clarence, of Whoopi Goldberg's movie, uh, character. Because in the first movie, she you know goes into this convent, she doesn't want to be there, so she's trying to escape, and then she finds these people who are actually really nice, and she really appreciates whatever her name is is you know optimism and enthusiasm and so then they just carried that character over into the next one and so she's just
1: you know the kind of character well i guess that's a question i was asking is that was she that turned up yeah in the first movie yeah. okay and i i this is one of the worst characters i think in film <laughs> i i hate this character so much <laughs> I think uh, James Coburn, who I like
2: normally is like probably the worst character in the film like he's just he's pointless he's Jesus like they really he? he's at Mr. Crisp the uh, administrator <laughs> yeah. who wants yeah. to retire oh yeah. also like man no so point. So <laughs> so at the end well that's the point <laughs> no
0: so he's I'm pushing to get the school closed so he can retire yeah but right. doing it for the sinister reason okay. like, I, in I don't
2: I wish they didn't I wish they chose chose somebody else other than James Coburn because I like him so much. And he's just bad in this movie.
1: So Mr. Crisp finds out at the end that uh, Whoopi Goldberg is actually not a nun, mm-hmm. and he takes all the fathers to go to the <laughs> the concert to stop them, mm-hmm. and they they lock him in a closet <laughs> with a salami. With the sal- <laughs> go Jacob. That is really funny. it's <laughs> not. <actually. laughs> There's so the father characters are weird, right? right. So they introduce these these completely there's this principal who they introduce as being like a hard ass, but he's never really a hard ass. No. Yeah. And then there's this this german cook who only knows how to cook sausage <laughs> why are you laughing it's not funny yeah, that's you know, so
0: it's, funny it sets up the salami joke at the very end yeah. of the movie he only knows
2: how to cook sausage so of course i he's thought you didn't like things that set up
0: like that i don't i, I, I don't but i like this why movie would, why would he bring the
2: salami to the show because he's a it creep
0: was... <laughs> he says it's
2: dinner yeah. oh i don't remember that you just for him just do not
1: no, for I enough attention. It. It's, it's dessert, old. actually. Dessert? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you have those Funny guys, and, and then you have the Latin teacher. Yeah. Who's like, oh my god, Iron. And then all of a sudden at the end, they're all in favor of Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> I don't think that they're ever not
0: in favor
2: of I think they were just scared. It was just like, uh,. You know they're under the uh, influence of Mr. Crisp, and they had to sort of align with him. But like in deep down inside, they all were behind it. They're in. Well, except I, for maybe one, the one with the glasses or whatever. He seemed kind of mm. not into it. I think they're meant to
0: be indicative of the quality of the school, right? They're all bumbling fools, and so that explains why the school is the way it is. And then they're meant to have they have or they have their redemption like halfway through, where they're having a. Teachers' meeting, and that weird one says, I want to teach better math, and someone else says, I want to, you know, make Latin more enjoyable, or whatever he says. So, you know, I think they're meant to just be jesters throughout the whole movie, but they have this redeeming scene where they align themselves with the good
1: guys. Okay, so there's another scene uh, when they're all, they, they, the kids overhear that Mary Clarence is not a nun she she works in Vegas, mm-hmm. and then one of the characters. Says, a Vegas showgirl, and they walk past, and the two kids look directly into the oh, camera. Oh, that was,
2: that was priceless. I <laughs> have
1: this in. I
0: made a note of that. I wanted to ask you what you thought of it. Didn't want the to claw my, my
1: eyes out. <laughs> why? I but knew as soon as I saw
0: her, that you would hate her.
1: Because it's the only time that happens in the movie. But to two side characters, why them? They're not
0: side characters, it's Frankie and what? Gina or whatever her name who sure. what are these people? Maria? You did not. Maria, you didn't yeah. pay enough attention, man. Let's watch it again,
2: right? <laughs> my <laughs> god. But I mean, that's just, again, like another thing where it's like, it's just a goofy thing. I mean, like, you can't break the wall f- four, like, five times. You can't break the fourth wall five times. Like, you. Well, it, they, has, do it, they do it twice. They do it twice. They do it twice. Uh, There's the end
1: credit sequence, was the father with the bald spot, and then while they're all singing Ain't No Mountain High Enough, he's in the background being chased by the camera crane! Well, that's in the credits. That's a- a Doesn't make any sense! (laughs) It's not part of the movie. (laughs) So there's this scene, If we're gonna talk about the ending. The last image before if we're going to argue that the code of this movie, which is the credits of them singing, isn't part of the movie, which is what you just said, Let's take that to be what it is. I'll, I'll, we'll agree with that. The last image of the movie, then, is Whoopi Goldberg saying, But I was never a showgirl, and then it freeze frames on her face and yeah. slowly that's, zooms
2: in. That's 90s. That's just. That. It
1: doesn't make it good. That makes it 90s. You haven't argued that it's good. Well, the 90s were good, <laughs> <laughs> Everything that came out of them was you, impeccable, impeccable. But, like, I didn't Jacob, like, like, did you, when
2: you watched it, did you have a little, like, like, You and me, we didn't live much that much time in the '90s, but like, looking back, like watching this retrospectively, um, in like the 2010s, like it was nice to see like a movie from the '90s when like times were very different, you know? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. No. I mean, like right now, I think the world is pretty bleak, but like the '90s was kind of this like big sunshine, and like it's nice to go back and just kind of experience that through a film. I think what it also is is a kids movie or, you know, a young
0: adult movie. Right. So, look at it through that lens as well. It's not meant to be serious or raising any great issues. It's for 12-year-olds to enjoy. Well,
1: no, but I think that there's uh, several movies that you've mentioned to me in our private conversations. Like, for instance, Home Alone, right? Which is very much a kids movie, but I think has... is is a much more smartly made movie. You can have a movie for kids and have it be smart but I think just saying what movie is for kids is a little bit of a a cheat on explaining away some of the things that I I,
0: I can't get past. I think, well, the reason I say it, the reason I raise all of it is that I still think that you're just expecting a bit too much of it. That's very possible.
1: I think it's certain. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I just figured that hearing you talk about books, this would not fly with you if it was a book. I would never read a book like this. No. <laughs> well, there wouldn't
2: be any musical numbers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we could write that. That would be fun. Yeah. We can do SysTrek 2, back in the habit of the novelization. Uh, yeah. In time for the 30th year anniversary. Yeah. Um, I I have to give them props for naming it Sister Act 2 Back in the Habit. That's pretty good. (laughs) Almost as good as calling it Mamma Mia 2 Here We Go Again. (laughs) That's pretty good.
0: Alright, we're getting there.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I wonder if I watched the first one, if I would still feel the same way.
2: No, I think you'd prefer the first one over the second one, but I don't think you'd even particularly like the first one anyway, so... Can we just talk about joyful,
0: joyful again? Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> you yeah, like you didn't you didn't like that at all. I know it's not Frank Sinatra
1: <laughs>
0: I'll <write your> head, <laughs> or Radiohead, but you can't cool. tell that
1: that's a banger. I never argued against the songs being good. I never once said these songs are bad. That never entered into. my Well, opinion. did you enjoy it? That's like yes, yeah. the question. Did you enjoy it? No. If you, no. 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 If, <laughs> if you just sent me an audio, you know what I mean. You you put an MP three into my my music player, and let me listen to it. I probably would have told you that this is a well arranged, well performed thing. I don't like it only because I had to watch an hour and forty <laughs> minutes of movie to get there. We gotta
2: save the best number for the last. Yeah. Imagine if Joyful, Joyful was at the beginning. You'd be like, you'd watch I probably would have liked it at the beginning. They'd have to top that, and that's hard to top. There was no
1: crane in the Joyful, Joyful sequence. <laughs> <situation. laughs> Damn.
0: <laughs> they actually did that with the first one. In my opinion, they, the first song that they sing is the best song in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the first one, the the point of it is that the choir has so revitalized the church that the pope comes to visit. Because he's, oh, <laughs> he's heard from across the seas of this, you know, progressive new Catholic church. Uh...
1: <laughs>
0: and so then they perform at the very end for the Pope. And the song that they sing is good, but it's not as good as the first, very first song in the movie. So maybe they learn from their mistakes.
2: And in this one, they definitely leave the best for last. You have to leave the best for last because there has to be, like, a progression. I don't think... It, that movie La La Land, like, the best song is in the beginning, and uh, after that it's just the like- The one on the okay. highway? Yeah! That's not the best song in the That's movie. the best song in the movie. What's the best song in the movie? The City of Stars. No, I, I actually like the highway one better. Oh my no. god. The City of Stars is fine, but like, Wow, like, it just like- Like, if you just- Imagine if that scene, the the joyful, joyful scene was at the beginning, You wouldn't have any reason to watch the rest of the movie, because it's like, okay. <laughs>
1: I also don't think I like La La Land.
2: Yeah, I know you don't like the Land either.
1: Like I, once again, I like the songs. I don't need this puppy-eyed movie that's two hours or so when I could just listen to the songs. I can play the song on the piano. I can sing the song. I can listen to the song. I can do a bunch of things with this song that do not involve this movie. If the argument is the songs.
0: But the songs wouldn't have been written if not for the movie. Yeah.
2: And in La La Land, they fly...